They're called jump teams, and there's volunteers that go to it from all states. When this stuff happens, they call the jump teams out. And Do they just drop down from the sky <laughs> immediately onto the roof of the Waffle House? No, no. Well, now that we know that our friends from Waffle House are safe. I know. Let's start the show. Yes, please. Uh, welcome to Boozy Brunch. Uh, this is the time uh, every Friday, Stacey and I get together after uh, the show on the Arch. And mm-hmm. we have our beverages and we just talk a, a little more loosely. The FCC does not govern podcasts, so we can say things we can't necessarily say on the radio. We also listen back to parts of the show over the week. And, well, we just get to... I don't. It, it's looser. That, that's here. Cheers. Cheers. Ugh. So, what we just opened with was uh, we were able to talk with the Waffle House worker because we were using the Waffle House index to check out the severity of Hurricane Dorian. So, this is a real thing issued by FEMA. <laughs> yeah, and more issued that by FEMA. Like, can, that's what FEMA uses to gauge the severity of a storm or a disaster. So, they say if the Waffle House is open with a full menu, you're pretty good. Just maybe that's enjoy green. yourself. That's level green. Limited menu means there is severe weather in your area more than just some scary thunderstorms that's level yellow but if a waffle house is closed that means you are in the wrong part of the world level red get out so we were calling waffle houses in north carolina today Mm -hmm. uh, just to check how they were doing if they were open we knew that hurricane dorian was going up the coast of north carolina we didn't know how severe it was going to be right and to be honest we got worried Mm -hmm. when none of the waffle houses were answering the phone we're yeah. like, uh-oh. We're like, either they're helping people and they're too busy, or the Waffle House is closed, which means code red. Nothing's worse than a soggy waffle. So. You've had a very privileged life, if that is what you think. <laughs> the most. Also, is this a pee that I'm sitting on? My word. How dare you serve me a soggy waffle? That sounds like a horrible sex thing. I'm sorry. Uh, dude, I gave her a soggy waffle. Yes, it does. Maybe... Okay, I know where I got it. I don't even want to say it. Okay, that's disgusting. Let's move on. Well, luckily, our fears were abated when we got to talk to a local Waffle House worker who not only told us that people are are okay over there, but that Mm -hmm. Waffle House kind of is like a backup emergency response. Right. I wouldn't be making sex jokes if people weren't okay, just so you know. (laughs) Just so I'd like to clarify. (laughs) Their butter is more than just for filling your stomach. I'd like you to butter my waffle. Okay, this is what what that sounded like. I actually work for Waffle House. They're not answering the phones because they literally are not taking to-go orders because they can only do in-house stuff when it's uh, in emergencies like that. That, that is, good is news. such a relief to hear. Thank you very much because I was really, really worried about them. Right, so we yeah. were calling Waffle Houses all up and down the coast. Uh, Hurricane Dorian, of course, striking North Carolina. We just wanted to check with the Waffle Houses to see if they're still open. They stay open the most during bad weather. Yeah, all of Waffle Houses across the United States have that answering service that when they're either too busy or when there's emergencies like that that they don't take call-in orders, so they won't answer the phone, and you'll get that we're not accepting call-in orders at the time. I'm very happy to learn that, and I'm sure they are <laughs> all very hard at work right now helping their community. Have Have you right. ever been in that position with different types of weather? Have you ever had to stay open and, and help out while something um, kind of actually, extreme was happening? when the tornado hit, the really bad one that tore out uh, the airport several yeah. years back, I worked at two of them that... Well, the one in St. Charles, one of them in St. Charles actually had electricity. The other one did not. And, yeah, and then we helped out with all the St. Louis ones that did not have electricity for a couple of weeks. 
and they brought generators in. Waffle House actually has a jump team that they bring from other states. They bring generators, extra help, and everything. So we were kind of joking around a little bit about it because, you know, FEMA calls it the Waffle House Index. Like, full menu, you're good. Limited menu, watch out. Closed, you know, hunker down. But this is real. I mean, if they actually have jump teams to be there for the support, Waffle House actually does want to be that place during a disaster, it sounds like. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, they do. They How have, cool. They're called jump teams, and there's volunteers that go to it from all states. When this stuff happens, they call the jump teams out, and do they, they get, actually pick them up on the Waffle House jet and take them there and everything. I was going to also ask you, do they get like a para, paratrooper training? Do they just drop down from the sky immediately <laughs> onto the roof of the Waffle no, House? No, they actually <laughs> all are at the closest place that's safe. That's where they stage at until after, like, the hurricanes are over, and then they move in. That is okay. Sure that everybody's safe first. That is so cool to learn. Thank you so much for calling and schooling us on this. Oh, no problem. They're, like, the only fast food restaurant that fully cares about your CPR certifications. They're like, no, right? you, might be on, <laughs> you might be on our drop team. That is nice. I literally only thought it was like a funny stereotype. Like, if the Waffle House is open, don't right. worry about it. But if it's closed, and I started thinking like, man, they're kind of not nice to their, they might not be nice to their employees if they're making them work. Because mm-hmm. think about having to drive or be at work in a hazardous condition. But if they actually find like volunteers in a freaking drop team, that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, they're, they're like the heroes. Jet. Waffle heroes. Waffles! Assemble! These heroes don't waffle. They're not the wafflers? Yes. So Waffle House. This, the, I am very glad that I've never had to experience a hurricane. In fact, I don't think I've ever, I've, I haven't had to deal with any emergency weather that had to do with water before. And I think that's kind of one of the scarier ones. But as I say that, we did have to deal with the wildfires in Northern California right. two that and a half years ago. So scary. And that was, yes, yeah, so I'm just I being walk at work. back. I remember being at work. We worked for a radio station cluster that also had a news station. And before our tower burned down and took us off the air, um, I was out in the parking lot and we got to work so early it was still dark out. And I remember looking out over the town and seeing the red glow on the horizon. The red glow of the fire took up a gigantic percentage of what I could see. So this was, And that's when I was like, this is close, and this is very real. That was October of, what, 2017? Yeah. And it was one of the giant wildfires in California. I mean, national news, even I remember when we moved here, people kept on saying, oh, Santa Rosa, is that where those wildfires were? Mm-hmm. We lost 5% of our housing in Santa Rosa. That's that's huge. That was a weird time. I, I woke up to a call from our coworker, Eloy, mm-hmm. and he was like, hey, just so you know, there's a wildfire. It and was like three in the morning. He he kind of saved us. We went in early. And like you mentioned, I walked out on, I had a little balcony on our tiny little apartment in my apartment complex, and I saw a glow over the hillside. I said, holy shit. Yeah. This is real. The wind, that the night before, it just felt weird. The wind was like 70 miles an hour mm-hmm. in just the middle of October. That doesn't happen. So it felt weird the night before, and I remember being out on our ports, feeling like like it felt eerie, mm-hmm. didn't know why. And then that morning, a whole bunch more made sense. I woke Amanda up. I said, you're coming to work with me today. We don't know if we're going to have to evacuate the city, right. which we ended up doing to get away from the fire. So I guess in a small way, luckily, neither of us or our immediate family was affected as far as uh, losing our houses or anything like that. But still being that close was scary. Now looking at the devastation in the Bahamas, 
was terrifying. So thinking that might have happened in Florida or all the way up North Carolina was a big thing on our mind. So I'm, I mean, it's liter- it's wonderful that it didn't. Yeah. But boy, once they we were talking about the Bahamas earlier. They can't even get the aid right now. It's so- Isn't that weird? I was wondering about that because we read a story about a gentleman who went to Costco and bought over a hundred generators. And my first thought was like, how do you get a hundred generators to the Bahamas? But then that's just on a normal day. Yeah, their like, airport they was- can't even. No one can get aid to them. I hope. Hopefully, by this weekend, that'll be better. Because God, there's acres of flattened houses. It's just awful. It does look like a bomb went off. It's really weird. Talking about living a privileged life, though. Yeah, uh, Mr. Soggy Waffle. Soggy Waffle, Prince and the P. We do get to do some very cool things here. And we uh, we also are able to uh, afford the ability to just be weird. I mean, how much of our time has been devoted to just finding good popcorn? So much of our time. Like, it's great. (laughs) So much of our time. And uh, so we're going to a popcorn farm on Monday. Like, this is how great everything is. If you haven't heard, Stacey, uh, not only does she love popcorn, but she is on a mission to find the best popcorn. So we have called it Stacey's Popcorn Pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. We've gone all over from Chesterfield to Collinsville and everywhere in between looking for popcorn. And we found it in a very odd place. Now, the beginning of this might sound a little confusing and, and we will explain it afterwards but never thought we'd be going to a truck stop i know for popcorn first of all i got your joke about the theater about the pop pop and i totally laughed inappropriately and hysterically <laughs> thank you i got met with silence in fact due to radio technology we can listen back to that if we'd like it's not too soon to be in the lincoln theater hearing pop 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 next door corn <laughs> I guess it is too soon. All right, my bad. <laughs> Reeling that one back in. I, I I thought that was hilarious, and I'm like, oh, too soon, but that was not too soon. It was funny. <laughs> Thank you. I, one person, Stacey, story of my life, one person laughs. Usually it's <laughs> but me. But it's not your, just your mom this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where, where do we got to go? Okay, okay, weirdest place, Mr. Fuel. In Peasley, they have in bag, it's bag, pre-bag. Um, it's called Indiana's Best, and it's popcorn with chocolate smothered on it. Oh, my God, it was delish. Did you now, say Mr. Is that, Fuel? Is that a gas station? It is a truck stop. It's called Indiana's Best. It's like pre-factory, pre-packaged, but it's so good. All right. Hey, we'll see if Indiana actually has what it takes to uh, stand up to <laughs> Illinois and Missouri, hey, because we've I, found some good places. I'm from Indiana. The Hoosiers know what they're doing when it comes to popcorn. <laughs> Your Hoosiers make popcorn. Our Hoosiers make fireworks in their backyard. Well, that too. <laughs> hey, how do you know I was from DeSoto, too? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for calling. We're headed to Mr. Fuel. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. You, you too. too. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Number one, there are so many cool things in truck stops. My favorite part of cross-country trips is stopping at truck stops just Isn't to go like the little stop just like a diner and do they even have get ga- like fuel there yeah that's what that's where trucks stop well i understand that part but like i've really only been to one and i don't remember fuel pumps but i do remember just a diner but then the truckers could park there and sleep in the parking lot if they needed to because it was really a big parking lot they definitely they all have fuel they're almost like the they're like the wild west they're all these mm-hmm. little communities so well it depends how everything's laid out but like the pilot 
stations mm-hmm. or Mr. Fuel like or uh, Loves. Those are all kind of brands of truck stops, but hmm. they do have fuel because these cross country iron cowboys are driving these giant 18 wheelers across there's a separate area if you're a truck to go fill up and Mm. don't be like me when i drove from santa rosa california to st louis missouri in 2017 in my moving truck and thought i should go where the trucks went and ended up waiting in this like tractor trailer line for fuel where i was not welcome i had to do a three-point turn towing my car to get out of everybody's way is it like diesel or something Uh uh-huh or at least i think well i'm not a trucker but all what? I knew, I, You're not a trucker? I went around back and said, I should get out of here. But yes, they do have diners, but they also normally have like a trucker recreational area. So a so lot they of can times. Like stretch their legs and get some exercise? Well, they'll have like, no, truckers do not get exercise, unfortunately. It's, it's actually really tragic. They're like. I know it's very bad for you to sit that long. You need to stretch your legs. I, le- I've had, I grew up with friends whose dads were, were truckers and I learned that they're, they, the average life expectancy of a professional 18 wheeler driver is like 65 or something. Just because of all the sitting? Because of, it's just such an unhealthy lifestyle. The food that you're able to eat on the road, like mm-hmm. between the truck stops and not moving for almost 24 hours a day, I guess leads to a lot of scary stuff. But they have like little arcades. They'll have a movie theater sometimes. They'll have showers. Oh, fun. You didn't now, see I guess any I've of this never you, been to a truck stop. Because you drove out also. You didn't stop at those? No. And so they'll have, uh, they'll have all that. I was just in my car, remember? So mm, I just drove out. You might have out. had more ease of access stopping in like towns and stuff versus yeah. stopping in the big truck stops. I just had my car and I put all my stuff in a moving Dude, By pod. the time I was done, I felt like a trucker. There, <laughs> there used to be a commercial for like a Toyota Tundra, one of those big pickup trucks. And in the ad, it showed like a dad all of a sudden thinking he was a trucker because he could haul so much. So he oh. was at the gas station and a real truck driver walked in and his dad's like, hey, what are you hauling? And he's like, oh, what are you hauling? And the dad's like, yeah, you know, dairy, this. And then it turns out it was, you know, his kid's yogurts. <laughs> but that's how I felt eventually after the third truck stop. And I had, you know, a 20-something foot moving truck and towing the car. So I was almost as long. Oh, wow. And then I just walked in. You had to do a three-point turn with a truck with a car behind it? Well, calling a three-point is the most generous thing you could ever do. Point. We had to do that one time, and it was horrible. I How drove into a dead you- end by accident. Oh, and we had to get out. How did I what? How did you know you weren't welcome in the trucker line? Like because I was the there was thirty eighteen wheelers and me. Mm-hmm. And they were all waiting in line, and the gas pumps were bigger and looked like things I, I oh, didn't so recognize. In yours, I, I don't know. I just huh. have you ever like walked into a bar or a room, and then the people look at you, or you just feel as you stick out so hard that you just want to no, turn around. Never. I'm so confident that anywhere I go, I just you know <laughs> that's how I, 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 I dominate. Turn, I turn the corner in my Penske truck, and I said, "Oh, this is where the cool." It was like discovering where the high school seniors go to smoke in the back of the school. Like you're on your little yeah. walk with your pretend imaginary friend because you're a sixth grader, and then all of a sudden you see the big seniors with their facial hair smoking cigarettes, oh, and you God. say, "Oh shit, I'm in the wrong part of town." The thing that came to my mind when you're like, "Have you ever?" Watched Walked into a place where you know you're not welcome or whatever it was you said. I'm paraphrasing. The The image that popped into my mind is in the original Lion King cartoon movie when 
the stampede starts and little baby Simbo realizes what's happening and he like his ears yeah. go down and his eyes get big and he hunches down. You That's go, oh, me. Oh no. That's me. So uh earlier I said that the beginning of that call might sound a little confusing. We were referencing a joke in the call and that joke turned out to actually cause more problems than anyone would have thought Mm -hmm. so originally what had happened was as we mentioned also you were doing your popcorn pilgrimage so we're looking for places to find popcorn yes and we had received a call about abe's popcorn next to the lincoln theater Mm -hmm. and i was like abe lincoln as in abraham lincoln we all know what happened to abraham lincoln so my in the theater poorly in poor taste joke was oh you don't want to hear pops in the Lincoln Theater, or is that too soon? Right. But uh, we, I, we, I got my first email from a, somebody concerned about what I was saying on the radio based on that joke. Mm-hmm. I, when our boss forwarded it to me, can't say that word. Forwarded it. Forwarded it. Forwarded it. Forwarded it. Forwarded it. Forwarded it. That when, is hard. When he uh, passed along the email. Mm-hmm. I was ta- I was quite honest, taken aback because I'd never had an email like that before. But what had happened was the woman. Uh, it's hard when you're listening to the radio and you're driving. Maybe things. It, radio's fast paced. What did he say? But the way that she interpreted what I said was directly referencing like mass shootings, right? Like, and neither of us ever thought of that. And trying to make a joke about, are you sure you want to go to a theater because of mass shootings? And she was concerned that I was making light of that fact that. It was actually kind of nice because we got to connect. I wrote her back and we had a, a little bit of a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was pretty constructive because I was like, I am I am on your side. I think that I w- that is no laughing matter, no joking right. matter. And that's, it's something that we, we have to seriously tackle. Now, if you want to say that my Lincoln joke was in poor taste, sure. You could take Just that. Not, you could take that one all the way to the top. I won't argue with you that I was making a lame level joke. poor taste. It was a low joke. hanging, right? But you, you put one hundred and fifty like years. One. It was DefCon one, right? <laughs> but luckily, we uh, like I said, we were able to exchange emails, and that's something I think was actually kind of cool because that doesn't really happen a lot. I feel like at least with Facebook commenting and stuff, there's always like these flame flame wars, as the kids call them, or someone yeah. just posting outrage, or then I will never. But not only was she level-headed when she wrote the email, but then I got to respond, and then she got to respond, and it's almost like... Is that a normal human interaction? Over the <laughs> internet, which is, which is what I'm trying to make the, the point about, is we had, we had internet communication from two seemingly different points of view that ended in resolution, and mm. yes, I am waiting for my award in the mail. <laughs> okay. Postage paid. Mm-hmm. That's how awards usually come. Still waiting. Any day now. Probably. Probably. So, whoa. Last week during Friday brunch, we we had a, an emotional roller coaster. We did, didn't we? And that was when you thought that you were uh, received onto the Blue Angels and that you were going to be able to fly with one yeah. as a media guest. And then as the show went on, you reread the email and it turned out, in fact, that you were going to be the alternate. Mm-hmm. And then we found out who the... Real, like the main person was, it's turned out one of our coworkers. <laughs> yeah, that not only do we know him, he was our coworker whose office is across the hallway. So when we got back in our office from recording the podcast, we just heard, I got it. I got it. I'm flying with the Blue uh, Angels. And did both of our faces drop? Oh, you son of a. Yeah. But then when we were able to hear his story a little bit, uh, our friend Remy has been trying for like five years and every time he was either the alternate or they, he said he, they even ghosted him 
to mm. where like the day arrived and he never heard anything about if he was going to be and the way he found out was that the day passed. Aww. So if anyone other than you should have gone, it seemed like it should have been him. Yes. I mean, I probably, even though I would have loved to go, knowing that someone wanted to go as badly as I did and had been trying for five years, I don't think that I would have had as much fun knowing that I got to go and he didn't. Like, I just, now I hope for next year. You still, though, got to go. And I imagine that, on one hand, that must have been very hard because not only did you know you were the alternate and it was hard here at the office, but to go to the airfield, to see the planes and to watch someone else get on it right. I was his witness to his paperwork. But that's (laughs) what I I wanted to ask you a little bit about that day because I've heard a little bit. And from what the training sounded like, I mean, of course, this is a real deal, but... It was even more realer than possibly either of us ever imagined. Yeah, I mean, you get a physical for this for a reason because I was laughing at that too, right? They made us both because uh, I applied as well. We got to the doctor had to fill out those stupid little forms. Yeah, it's real because at one point, you know, the they want you to have a good time, so you can say no to any of this. But if you want to be a badass on your once in a lifetime Blue Angels flight, you do all of the stuff, and some of those maneuvers will put seven and a half. G's on your body. And a G is about your body weight. So seven and a half G's would be seven and a half times your personal body weight, say like the pressure on your chest or something like that, or how how hard you're being pushed back or into the chair or down whichever direction you're going. Exactly. So part of the problem is that no matter what shape you're in, your age, none of that matters. When seven and a half G's hit you, if you are not physically prepared your blood will leave the top half of your body and go to your feet and you will go to sleep in about three to five seconds. And then what what were you saying about how you also have to make sure to take a breath to hold it because you can't inhale because you're literally not strong enough to take a breath? Right. So if you empty your lungs and they're completely collapsed and then there are seven G's on your chest, you don't have the strength to inhale right, and expand it. your lungs. Even if I just sat on your chest, right. you're not breathing and I am way less than seven times. Exactly. And weight. this is something, this, once he said it, it completely made sense to me because so, when I went skydiving for the first time, they you do the training and all that stuff, but I learned a lesson the very, very hard way. They did not tell me to keep your mouth closed. And so I was smiling. I'm smiling, right? And the wind rushed in and filled my lungs and I couldn't exhale. Oh, shit. So at first I was like, I mean, it wasn't very long, but I was freaking out a little bit because you... This is this is you can't control it. So um Damn. so to me it made sense as the opposite of that problem. So but the, what do the, what are, what are the solutions? One of the things you said is right you take a half breath and then I also heard Remy talk to our friend who got to actually fly you like full body tense all your muscles no, is that No, you thing? half body tense your muscles. Half? Okay, go on. Because if you full body tense your muscles you're also going to push your blood down. So from the waist down you are completely tensing your muscles but your upper half needs to be loose. How the And you have to do the half breath. What? How do you do you so what about your abs? Tense them. Okay, abs down. Abs tensed, shoulders and arms relaxed, face relaxed. Clench your butt if you can. Clench your butt. Cl- like push basically down push down like you're going to stand up. Mm, but okay. don't stand up. 
Well, you're strapped, luckily. You're strapped. And then what was that crap you were telling me about the emergency, the friggin' ejector seat? How to not accidentally you, eject yourself? You don't want to keep your hands in your lap just in case you do pass out because some people are disoriented when they come to and they flail and you could hit something that you're not supposed to touch and therefore accidentally Who eject yourself. In the, weird, in the weirdest place you could ever wake up. That's where you are, upside down in a fucking fighter jet. That is why they never take those, like tube men in front of car sales like in front of car dealers wacky, they never take them wacky arm flailing inflatable tube men are not allowed on media flights in the blue angel jets. right because who knows what they could hit so you got to watch one take off and i did it was incredible <laughs> it was so incredible was it even though you said the louder it got the more it just sounded like a vacuum it sounded like a huge shop vac like <laughs> oh i'm gonna vacuum out my car right now only 500 decibels louder. Hold on, you have... Let's listen. This Do you want to hear it? I have it here. It's about 20 seconds long. This okay. is the warm-up of a Blue Angel jet. Also, uh, you talking to Remy just a little bit uh, in the middle. Here it is. See if he's going to fire it up. Goosebumps, and I think I want to cry, and I'm really nervous. And excited? <laughs> and excited! Yes! I mean, hearing that for me gets me excited all over Dude, again because last... I was there, but what does it sound like to you that, just hearing it? That last sound right? gave me the chills, okay. like almost a scary way that when it, the lower notes came in, the like, here we go. This is real. It, it, it reminded me of space. Mm-hmm. Like a spaceship or like, yeah, you're, to be honest, it took me to a place, I feel like a a, a sound sommelier. Because you, you hear these weird people, they'll drink a sip of wine, like, I'm transported to a damp forest. <laughs> that took me to, I was on an abandoned spaceship deck, Fantastic. looking around, and then all of a sudden that noise happened and I soiled myself. Oh, well. I'm like, what, what? What is this? All of a sudden, the light comes on. You hear... So neat. I'm like... Ah! I... Run! Love that shit. So we're applying every year until this happens. Yes. Watch out, Blue Angel. Stacy's not going to give up. I really want to go. And I'm I'm super... Anything with like... I, I'm realizing that I'm just a pretty big fan of exceptional machinery. Like whether it's... A car or a motorcycle or one of these planes. Like, I am just impressed. Are you sure you just don't like going fast? I do like going fast. I like roller coasters. (laughs) I was going to say, if I just put you on like a sled on a steep hill, if it was long enough and safe enough. That is not as intriguing to me as being in a beautifully crafted machine. Are you really saying that it's not equal to go sledding or in a F-16 Hornet fighter jet? That I am, sir. Well, then I can't look you in the eyes anymore. That's fine. It's time to end. Hey, have Bye. a great weekend. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Uh, I will actually see you Sunday because uh, man and I uh, are stopping by your place. Yeah, I'm excited. So I'll see you in 48 hours. Fantastic. Okay, bye. Bye.